You're listening to the Garden City Church Podcast. We just want to say thanks so much for tuning in. And if you enjoy what you hear today, please subscribe, share, and review the podcast. If you want to support what Garden City is doing, you can go to GardenCityNW.com slash give or click on give in the show notes. Let's dive into this week's message together. After the recent freeze, um, my family wanted to get out of the house. And so we went to the park and the this beautiful pond had completely frozen over. There were people playing on it. So our family went out. My kids were immediately wanted to go out on the ice because we're not used to that. And while they're out on the ice, um, Sarah, my wife, was trying to get a picture. She was like, Novella, Wes, hold still. That wasn't going to happen. Come on, you guys, come closer. And it was so hard. And we, she wasn't getting the picture she wanted. And, and all of a sudden, we heard this voice behind us say, hey, could I take a picture of your whole family? And we turned around, and there was this beaming face looking at us, just smiling, this wonderful smile. And so Sarah was like, of course. And this woman who had appeared out of nowhere took our whole family's picture as we tried to wrangle them uh, into place. And uh, we tried to get a picture without Wes, like, making a funny face, which I don't think we accomplished. But after the pictures, the kids went back out to play on the ice. And um, and this woman's personality just was so striking, so joyful, so kind, that we just wanted to continue the conversation. And, and uh, so we struck up a conversation and began learning about her life. And at some point in the conversation, we start talking about like how long we've lived places. And she, and she said that she's actually, you know, fifth generation Japanese. And, and then we started talking about, you know, some of the history of our area, some of the tragic history of our area with Asian American. And as we were talking about this, she's, she said she has been reflecting and, and looking at some of her past a little differently. She remembered her mom used to say that after camp, um, we would do this. Or after camp, I, uh, you know, I got this job and it would talk about life after camp. And she'd always thought that she was talking about church camp. Recently, she, she found out that her mom was actually talking about the internment camp that she'd been placed in in Puyallup. Uh, Puyallup the, the Puyallup Fair was actually turned into an internment camp during World War II. And she shared that she'd begun to really think about how that had impacted her family. That trauma had impacted how her family functioned. One of the things that stuck out was that her family never had any family picture. They had pictures of like individuals or a few kids or like one or two people, but never the whole family. And she wondered if maybe that came from that trauma and not just not wanting to stick out or bother anybody um, to take a family picture. And she's not sure, but, but she told me one of the reasons she likes to ask families if they want their whole picture of their whole family is because she doesn't have those pictures for hers. And she wants other people to have what she didn't have. This person, this amazing person that we met at this park on a frozen morning was turning something that hurt into something that healed. She was being part of reconciling something broken and wounded from her world and her family's world and past 
and bringing something beautiful into our world. This is a beautiful picture of reconciliation and healing. And Christians, Christ followers, are called to the ministry of reconciliation. Let's look at a passage from 2 Corinthians in chapter 5 that teaches about the ministry of reconciliation. Pastor Paul, who wrote a good portion of the New Testament, says this. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view, how differently we know him now. I think he's speaking from his own story. At one point in his life, he persecuted Christians, hated Christ, hated Jesus, and viewed him as blasphemy, as sin, as evil, and then was blinded in this uh, powerful, mysterious moment where he was blinded by Jesus so that he could see who Jesus really was. And from that moment on, from when the power of God broke into his life, he saw everything differently. He saw everything from the light of Christ and in the light of Christ and his perspective changed. And it meant that there's more humility. The things that he used to think were, were evil and sinful and wrong sometimes were actually the power of God, were actually uh, the good things of God, the gifts of God, that his way of religion, his way of hate, his way of persecution had blinded him to seeing. And so he says to all of us who have a, sto a story where God has broken into our lives, that at one point we might not have seen the beauty and goodness and power in Jesus. And now we as a community know him differently. And we see not from a human perspective, but from a new heavenly perspective. In verse 17, it goes on to say, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. And in other translations, it says you become part of the new creation. This idea that, uh, that the, the old creation is being made new and that Jesus was the start of this new creation. The passage goes on to say the old life is gone. A new life has begun. New creation has begun outpacing and pushing back the forces of old creation or anti-creation into something good and beautiful. Verse 18, and all of this, all this new creation, this new life we have in Christ, this gift, this new perspective we have in Christ, all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task or this ministry of reconciling people to him. This is what is often called the ministry of reconciliation. And reconciliation is putting things right, healing, peacemaking, restoring relationships. The ministry, the task of reconciliation is given to us who begin following Jesus, us with our messed up lives, us with our fears, us with our limitations, us who are frail, and fearful and sometimes foolish, we have been given the ministry of reconciliation. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them, not holding the darkness, not holding the sin, the, the, anything that's uh, out of alignment with the giver of all gifts, Any, anybody who's twisted and warped the gifts of God, anybody who's struggled or addicted, any, any sinful thing that might uh, have made us wander or put like something, some kind of barrier between us and God, uh, Jesus 
has reconciled that, given us the path of reconciliation. And reconciliation is the reality that God is taking the shattered, the exiled, the drained, the broken people and all those aspects of our world. And he's bringing new life again, restoring new life again. A new creation is happening. A whole world is being born. A whole new world is being born. And it's begun through Jesus. This new creation world is kind of growing and popping up and bursting forth in the most unexpected places, cleansing the dark stains of sin and evil. The forces of Christ's reconciling love is at work in our world, even in the, the trouble that we see. His reconciling love is at work, forgiving, cleansing, healing, changing, restoring, and setting right everything wounded and everything wrong. And Jesus invites us to be agents of this new creation, this new reconciliation. He is the king of this new world. And this is a king who wants ambassadors to represent the inbreaking of his new world, his kingdom, into the old. So listen to this. It says, and he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. I think that's so powerful. When it says that God's making his appeal through us, that means our lives are love. We are called to be ambassadors. It's through our lives that God makes his appeal to reconciliation to the whole world. Our actions are love. Our words are love. Our lives are the letter that the reconciliation message is written on. God's love is revealed through us these broken, imperfect, limited people. And this love beckons others to be reconciled to God and to each other and to our whole world. This is a powerful concept. I wanna make sure we drill down on this a little bit. Henry Nouwen wrote this. To follow Jesus is to hear his call as a very personal call. It is a call to give a unique witness to the love of God as revealed in Jesus. Now listen here, there are many ways of being disciples so that the fullness of God's love is visible, is made known, can be seen, can be held, can be understood. So the fullness of God's love is visible in and through the Christian community. For some, this means faithfulness in marriage. For others, it means a life of service in the secular world. For others, it's a life of contemplation and hiddenness. Whatever our personal response is, it is a response of love. Every disciple reflects something special of God's love. Every one of us reflects God's love and in unique ways. I think this takes some pressure off that we have to be like Paul or we have to be exactly uh, like some hero of faith or some mentor. Like you are the only you and God wants to use that you. He wants to use you and with your unique gifts, with your unique callings. When we are reflecting God's love through who we are, the world, they get the message of reconciliation. They get the invitation of reconciliation through our words and our deeds. The early church 
I think, shines a light on what ambassadors of Jesus, of what uh, the ministry of reconciliation and new creation looks like. In the first century, the ministry of, of, amb- of being ambassadors and reconcilers took these forms. Uh, the church created the first burial s- societies for their communities. They cared for the shipwrecked and the exiled person when other communities didn't. They cared for slaves as individual persons of value when their world didn't. They provided for the unemployed by taking them in and helping them find work. They rescued unwanted babies left out in the elements to die. They cared for prisoners. In later centuries, Christians established hospitals, homes for hurt women, orphanages, universities, and centers of education. They worked for the legal status and equality of women and minority groups. Their lives were love. And our lives are love. We are called to the ministry of reconciliation in our times. I know when I think about it, it can be a little overwhelming to think like, oh man, like God is making his appeal through my life. Uh, and think about how imperfect I am. And then I, and then I also look at our world and it can be overwhelming to see the need, to see the broken, to see the, the lost and just the looming feeling of darkness and dread at times. This quote from Clarissa Estes is a, is a good reminder for me whenever I'm feeling that way about being an ambassador and reconciler for Christ. She said, Ours is not the task of fixing the entire world all at once, but of stretching out to mend the part of the world that is within our reach. That gives me hope, and it kind of brings reconciliation into my world and my calling. God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. That's what Paul says. It's a ministry. It's a task. God has given it to us. Even in dark times and in troubled times, aren't we called to rise to the moment with a great host of saints and witnesses and ambassadors of Christ from times past? Aren't we a part of that history and that tradition? Aren't we called to rise again and again as each wave of darkness and anti-creation hit to bring new creation and light, to rise to meet every force of deception and hate with truth and beauty and blinding, brilliant love, the love of Christ. Even when we're troubled, deeply angered, bewildered, despairing, spent, exhausted, aren't we called again and again to be Christ's ambassadors, Christ's reconcilers today in our world, in our times? God is making his appeal through you and me today, that the world would be reconciled to God. Our lives are love. Here's a few questions for reflection. Where are you seeing reconciliation in your world? Where are you seeing need for reconciliation in your world? And how might God be making his appeal through you for people to be reconciled with the gifts that you have and the calling that you have, not what someone else has. How is God making his appeal through you? Guys, I love you so much. Have a great week. Thanks for joining us today. If you have any questions or comments about today's message or would like to contact Garden City Church, reach out 
at info at GardenCityNW.com or click contact in our show notes. Garden City services are made possible by your generosity. Your generosity is love in action. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time.